Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome in everyone to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turner Tennis. And again, I said this yesterday, I want to remind you all, we will have an updated promo code from our friends who have sponsored this segment in the past a little later in the week. But for now, I want to remind all of you listeners, if you would like to get your hands on the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat, the only grip whose performance in hot and humid conditions is unmatched, and of course, that iconic blue-colored grip that can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros, you can contact our friends at Turn of Tennis, call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. You mentioned the fact that Cracked Rackets sent you. Not only will we greatly appreciate that fact, but they'll throw in some additional samples as well. And most importantly, they will treat you like family as they have us. So again, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 800- 554-3707. With that in mind, let's get to our selections for our GSP Aces of the Day. It was a not great start. wasn't horrible. We did get two victories under our belt. Unfortunately, those two victories offset by four defeats. We were down 2.4 units on the day. Still up in total for these GSP Ace of the Day segments on the year. But again, that was day one of this 2021 French Open. It's only going to get better from here, folks, as we find our rhythm, find out which players are playing well, which ones are just escaping by the skin of their teeth. With all of that in mind, worth noting today, we have six units on the line to win a total of 6.6. That's plus 110 odds overall. Let's get to it. Here are my picks for the GSP Aces of the Day. Let's start with a familiar face here on our Ace of the Day segment, a face all of us tennis fans have gotten familiar with seeing in the winner's circle over these past nine months. That, of course, is Jennifer Brady, the former UCLA Bruin, now top 15 player in the world, kicks off her Roland Garros campaign tomorrow against Anastasia Sevastova. Now, look, Sevastova's been excellent on the clay in her career. She's been better on that surface than she has been on the hard courts, at least at the WTA level. Uh, But again, this is a bet on Jennifer Brady, who, look, Clay is not her best surface. That's very clear. However, you look at her most recent results, I just think from a matchup perspective, this one's a really good one for her, and I think we have her undervalued here today at minus 129. Here's the case. Brady... 25-11 25-11 and 11 overall in her last 52 weeks. That includes a run to that Australian Open final, a run to the U.S. Open semifinal. It also includes a first-round loss at Roland Garros last year. It was a 9-7 loss in the third set to her, to a relatively unknown qualifier to most at the time, a 17-year-old by the name of Clara Tossin. Of course, now all of us know the former world junior number one Tossin's a stud. And I think that loss has certainly appreciated in value. You look at what she's done here on the clay courts in 2021. She's 3-3 uh, three three overall. But again, those three losses, the context is key. She lost 
Close match indoors, four and three. First clay court match of the year in Stuttgart to Petra Kvitova. Petra Kvitova, someone who can straight up win this French Open. She lost a three-set battle to Anastasia Pavlchenkova over in Madrid. And then in Rome, she withdrew following her win over Shui Zhang against Ekaterina Alexandrova. Again, I believe that withdrawal more preventative than anything else. But you look for Jennifer Brady again. She's one of the top five servers right now in the women's game by you know, winning 72.8% of her first serve points. She's winning over 52% of, or excuse me, over 51% of her second serve points as well. And the thing that's most promising, that first serve win percentage barely drops off when you shift from hard courts to the clay. She's at 73.2% on the hard courts, 71% on the clay. She's at uh, 52% second serves on hard courts. She's at 48% on the clay. Most importantly, her return points staying fairly steady as well. She's 44% on the hard courts, 43% on the clay. Her success is now translating across levels, and that's why I think her previous record at uh, on clay courts, I should say, in her career, it, it's not applicable to the Jennifer Brady we now see. She's 30 and 40 in her career on clay, but you look of late, again, you have to be really, really good to beat her. Her last few losses on the clay have come to players like Pavlochenkova, Kavitova, Tossin, Herzog, who's obviously a baller when it comes to all things on the dirt, Putin Seva, whose variety exceptional when you get to the dirt, and I just think Again, from a matchup perspective, it's the power tennis Jennifer Brady can play that I think looms so dangerous for Anastasia Sevastova. And you look for Sevastova, again, in terms of the trends these two players are on, I mentioned Brady 25 and 11. Sevastova is only 16 and 14, and you look for her in particular. She struggled on serves. She's making about 59% of her first serves, winning only 60% of those first serve points. Now, you know, the 47% she's winning on the second, serve. That's not horrible, and you compare it to some of the other players in terms of where she would rank in the WTA Top 50 Stats leaderboard. That 47% number on second serve points, it wouldn't be, again, it it wouldn't be horrible. It would be in the top 25, but in terms of her first serve win percentage to be in the low 60s, that would be, you know, outside the top 40 of the top 50 players. That would be, you know, towards the bottom half of the top. In fact, I have her numbers here because she is currently ranked inside the top 50. I can tell you, Anastasia Sevastova, uh, currently ranked number 43 in terms of first serve win percentage amongst top 50 players, that's just not going to be good enough against Jennifer Brady, who, as I mentioned, is number four in that category. And I think you look for Jennifer Brady, one of the things uh, she relatively struggles with is the first serve uh, win percentage on her returns. Now, she's you know middle tier. She's about number 30 in that WTA stats leaderboard. And again, those numbers come from tennis abstract. But considering her biggest weakness is also a weakness for Sevastova, that's matchup heaven for us here. And we see the value at minus 129. And again, even if Sevastova's rolling in first serves, you can't let Jennifer Brady play first strike tennis. What was the common theme in those losses we saw? Pavlchenkova, Kvitova, uh, those are all players who take it to you, who play big first strike tennis. Even Clara Tossin, dating back to last season, is able to do that as well. I just don't think Sevastova's going to be able to do that, particularly if Jennifer Brady's able to make a high percentage of her own first serves That's why I'm leading Jennifer Brady in this matchup. And again, you look for uh, Brady in her career at the Grand Slam. She's 30 and 21. It's she's been peaking 
of late. There's no denying that, and I just think she's hungry to avenge that first-round loss at Roland Garros as well. She's got a new coach in her corner that always provides a little bit of extra motivation, a little bit of extra juice. Now, again, we're not putting a huge wager on this one because Sevastova is dangerous on clay. You look for her in her career. She's 95-53 and in WTA Tour level matches, 64% win percentage compared to a 52% win percentage on hard courts. But, you know, again, she's you, you filter out some of the noise. She's made 2% more of her first serves in clay matches than she has in hard courts. I think that's more, that's you know, that's not a tactics thing. That just is as much luck as anything else. And despite making 2% more of her first serves, her first serve win percentage actually drops by 0.9% from 63.8 to 62.9. It's interesting to note her second serve has been more effective on the clay courts. And again, she becomes a better returner by 1.5% on those clay courts as well. So it's only a two-unit selection here because Sevastova certainly does have the variety. Um, Hey, great shot to me. I couldn't get the word variety out. She does have the variety to give Brady some difficulties, but I just think Brady's going to overwhelm her with that power, and I think Brady's going to get a lot of clean looks on the return of serve as well. Give me Jennifer Brady at minus 129. We're putting two units on that to win 1.56. We're making up for lost time after a slow, I'll say sluggish start on day two. That's ace of the day, number one, Brady, minus 129 over Sevastova. Two units to win 156. Now let's get to ace number two. And you guys know I like to mix things up here. I like to throw some over-unders at you as well as the money line picks. And believe me, you know it's not an ace of the day unless I have a parlay or two of course, I do for all of you listeners. We'll go there next. But for now, I've got a couple of choices on the board. And by the way, I'm keeping my eye on underdogs in Fernando Verdasco, who's plus 145 over Cole Schreiber. Soon will Kwan plus 205 against Kevin Anderson. In terms of the over-unders I like on the day... I mean, if you want to hedge your bet and take the over two and a half sets in Sevastova Brady, I don't hate that either. That's plus 140. I'd like, I mean, Jensen Brooksby's just such a fighter. Wouldn't it make sense if he steals a set tomorrow against Aslan Karatsev? Plus 104 is just a little too low for me to pull the trigger on that because Karatsev has played at such a high level of late. And again, who's going to make you pay if you don't have a big weapon to hit him off his spot? Aslan Karatsev. So not quite ready to pull the trigger on that. Anderson versus Sun Wukwan is also somewhat appealing to me. I'm not going to say somewhat. It's very appealing. Over three and a half sets, but just minus 159. Again, you'd have to put a healthy wager on that. And A, I don't know enough about Anderson's relative health. B, uh, he could serve lights out and just three tiebreak sets, and then you're just, again, you're kicking yourself like we were yesterday with Fertangelo and Cam Nori. If Fertangelo takes that second set, even the first set when he had a million chances, that's a story for another time. We don't lick our wounds. We don't dwell on the past. We move forward here on our GSP aces of the day. I also kind of, if Struff steals a set from Rublev tomorrow, which is plus 123 odds to happen, it's tempting, right? Very, very tempting. But instead, the match I'm going to go over two and a half sets on is Putin Seva versus Shabur. That match just has the recipe of going the distance, right? And at plus 145 odds, it's very, very tempting. Dare I say, too tempting to pass up. And you look at Putin Seva, her results of late, they haven't been spectacular. Certainly, you know, she's 23 and 16. That's a 60% win percentage, currently ranked number 43. But, you know, ELO rating has her a little bit higher than that inside the top 40. 
you know, she's played, let's look, in her last seven matches, she's gone the distance. Oh, man, in her last eight matches, I'm just going to keep including them. She's gone the distance five different times. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, Julia Putin likes to get or, you know, get her work in, play those long matches because with her variety, with the various things she can do, Certainly, she is never out of a match. Of course, her opponents can find rhythm as well. And, you know, once they get clean strikes on the ball, she certainly is someone that can be overpowered by the right opponent. But I just think, again, her versus uh, Jabour tomorrow has the recipe of a match that's going to go the distance. And Jabour's gone the distance in two of her last four matches. And, you know, after that, there was a long streak of, I believe, five or six consecutive where she didn't go the distance. It just feels like she's due for a three-setter here. And again, you look for Jabour, her success on clay. She made semifinals, Charleston finals of of one, finals of Charleston two. And uh, I just think... It's a matchup thing as well. Jabour doesn't have a huge, overwhelming weapon, but certainly, you know, again, she wants to be playing in the outer third. She wants to play read-and-react sort of tennis, and Putin Save's game is going to offer her plenty of opportunities to do that. At the same time, if you can't hit Yulia Putin Save off the court, she's going to stick around, linger, and give herself, put herself, I should say, in a position to win the match. And, you know, at the same time, again, I just... Putin Seva goes the distance, folks. You look at her matches. She's played 39 matches in her in the last 52 weeks. You talk about it. Uh, 16 of those 39 have gone the distance in the end. That is significantly higher uh, than the average uh, number, which I think is like 36% in terms of WTA tour matches that end up going the distance. This just feels due, folks. This feels like a match that, again, is going to feature at least, oh, I guess at least, it's going to feature perhaps one tiebreaker, but in my opinion, I think it features maybe even two tiebreakers. And I do think, again, just even if Jabour comes out swinging, and the last time they played, by the way, was in Tianjin in 2019, it was a 6-6 six and six victory for own Jabour. Yeah, that's... That's the recipe we're looking for today. I think both of them match up well with the other. I think this match is going to feature some phenomenal tennis, some physical rallies. 10, 15, 20 ball is going to be the standard. Jabour's going to try and mix in the slice, but, you know, Putin Seva is a sneaky good mover. And again, that low center of gravity for Putin Seva, I think, matches up well here on the clay. I just think this match goes the distance, folks. I'm, I'm done repeating myself. Fun matchups. Neither of them the overwhelming weapon. Now, this match, Jabour's going to be more of the aggressor, right? There's no denying that. But Putin Seva is never better than when she's on her back foot being creative as well. So give me one unit on that on at plus 145 to go over two and a half sets. That's the over we're hitting with. Again, there are some other ones I have my eyes on. But I just think that's the one that's going to end up going the distance has certainly the recipe, all of the ingredients to do so. And then with that in mind, it's time for the parlays, folks. You know it wouldn't be an ace of the day segment if I didn't throw a parlay or two at you. Let's start on, again, the French Open side. And it's an, it's a one-sided affair today, folks. It's really, I'm locking in on that women's tennis. I have no, I just don't, I don't really love the men's matches tomorrow. I don't love the action available. A lot of lopsided odds. Nadal's in action. Djokovic is in action. You know, again, you're not going to get any good money on that. I think Schwartzman's a lopsided favorite. Rublev versus Struff. I don't want to touch that at all. Um, And even if you did, it's so lopsided towards uh, Andre Rublev in terms of money lines. The thing to do would be to take a spread or to take the over three and a half sets. And I think I already made the case for that. But in terms of the parlays I like... Again, 
Margarita Gasparian, 35 and 35 in her career in WTA level matches on clay. She's got, I suppose, an experience advantage tomorrow against Ann Lee, who hasn't played a match in quite a bit of time, but. You know, Ann Lee's 27 and 14, that 20 year old American in her career on clay. Now, a lot of those came at the 15, 25K level. You look for it. She played one on clay in 2019 that she made the finals of. That was a 100K event last year. She lost a three set match, 6 7, 7 6, 6 4, in the second round of qualifying this year. She played, or at the end of last year, she played, excuse me, a 100K on the clay in Charleston where she ended up making the quarterfinals before she lost but look she's the higher ranked player tomorrow against Margarita Gasparian and again you just look for her overall in her last 52 weeks and Lee is 22 and 8 and I know she hasn't played in Monterey but I think that's a testament to her trying to properly prepare for this French Open get ready and you know acclimate herself to the red clay meanwhile as I mentioned Gasparian 35 and 35 overall in her career on clay she's lost six uh, uh, excuse me her last six matches and 10 of her last 11 11 on the surface dating back to uh, May of 2019. Just it's a trends pick. Trends, trends, trends. All trends point towards Ann Lee, who's minus two oh five tomorrow. That just feels like value. That feels like again, having not seen Ann Lee play many WTA level matches on clay, we have a little value there. Let's take advantage of it while we can. And who are we gonna parlay with her with? An ace of the day favorite here. Someone who burns us on occasion, but I'll continue to turn to that Annette Conteve well, because Conteve twenty-five and thirteen in her last fifty two weeks. Now she's playing someone in Victoria Golubic, who has been very good in her career on clay. There's no denying that. You look for Golubic, she's 38 and 14A overall in her last 52 weeks. And, you know, again, that includes runs to the semifinal of the 60K on clay back in May. That includes a run to the title in St. Melo um, a few weeks ago as well. She's also made round of 16 in Istanbul. She made the finals of Monterey earlier this season, finals of Lyon earlier this season as well. But a lot of her success has come outside the WTA level. And I know I just made the case for Ann Lee, who hasn't had much clay success uh, uh, at the WTA level, but I just think the level of play, uh, the, the standard you have to be to beat Annette Conteve right now is immensely high. You look for Annette Conteve, who, again, in her career is 49-28 and 28 on clay. That is a 64% win percentage. It's better than her 106-79, and 79, 57% win percentage on hard courts. You look at the individual splits. Her first serve actually becomes more effective on clay. She goes from 64.9% first serve win percentage to a 661 You look at the second serve, it's the same, which is noticeable because normally that second serve a win percentage on clay dips down. She's 45.9 on hard courts, uh, 46.1 on clay. And then her return points stay constant. She wins 44.4% of them on both surfaces. You also look at that 25 and 13 record in her last 52. Here are the players she's lost to in her last six losses. Maria Sakari, top 20 player. Arena Sabalenka, number three seed. Elisa Mertens, your 2020 WTA wins leader. Arena Sabalenka again, your number three seed. Petra Kvitova, 
who can win the damn thing. We talked about her earlier. And then Shelby Rogers, who beat her at the Australian Open and has that overwhelming power and is one of the hottest players right now in the women's game. You know, you want to go back before that. Okay, losses to Osaka twice, Kudermatova, who's been excellent, a loss in Rome to Svetlana Kuznetsova in three sets, which is a match I'm sure she wants back. A loss to Saripas Tormo in Ostrava, another one I'm sure she wants back from the end of last season. But the point is, you have to be really, really good to beat Annette Contebe right now. And I know you look at Veronica Golubic, who uh, is currently ranked number 72, the 28-year-old, uh, certainly back on the rise in the rankings, that 38-14 and 14 number in her last 52 weeks is scary, but you have to remember, the Lyon success came on hard courts, the Monterey success came on hard courts. You look for her in her career again at the WTA level on clay, She's been fine. You know, she's 28 and 29, which is just not as good as she has been on hard court, 75 and 62. I think at minus 240, we've got some extra value there in Conteve. So you parlay Conteve with Ann Lee, plus 112 odds for a two-person parlay. I will take that. We're going to throw two units on it to win 2.23. I actually think I like that bet the most, which means for sure it may not hit, but Conteve, Lee, money line Parlay, plus 112, two units to win 2.23. That's Parlay number one. Another one just because I can't help myself at the challenger level, only a one-unit Parlay, but Jack Sock, minus 138 over Roberto Quiroz. If you watch Sock play again, I think it's a matter of when, not if, he's going to return to the top 100 of the rankings in singles. I also just like Ernesto Escobedo tomorrow against Donald Young. I think that's a good matchup for him. I don't think Young's got the sort of power you need to expose the weakest part of Escobedo's game, which is his movement. And he hasn't been great of late, but he's been trying to get back to the ATP level, play those high-level events. Give me Escobedo, minus 335 over Donald Young. Jack Sock, minus 385 over Roberto Quiroz. And then my boy Casper Zouk who has just been a stud all year long. He's minus 235 over another youngster in Raul Brancaccio uh, of Italy in, I believe they're playing Bayela this week, but he's minus 235. You parlay him with Sock and Escobedo, plus 136 odds, and it gives us an excuse to focus in on the challenger level as well. Let's put one unit on that plus 136 to win 1.36. Those are your parlays. Those are your aces of the day. Again, to run through them, Brady, minus 129 money line over Sevastova, two units to win 1.56. We're also taking the over two and a half sets in Putin Seva Jabour, plus 145, one unit to win 1.45. Conteve and Lee, money line parlay, plus 112, two units to win 2.23. And then Zouk, Sock, Escobedo, money line parlay, plus 136, one unit to win 1.36. A reminder to all of you listeners, if you need to catch up on any of the action from the first two days in Roland Garros, head on over to our mini break podcast. Gil Gross joined me on day one, and then unfortunately we had a cancellation, but I hadn't ridden Han Solo in a while. I had the opportunity to do that on day number two, recap all of the fun acts, and then of course talk about some of the off-the-court stuff as well. It's really sad to say that this Naomi Osaka story is looming over everything that's happened in France thus far, but certainly I had to address it, so I talk about that at the top of day two mini break. But again, to catch up on all the French Open action, tune into that mini break podcast. And if you've missed anything we've done, you can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. You need those more immediate updates. Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out as always to super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the <laughs> of an end job they do day in day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turn a Tennis. Remember, call uh, 800-554-3707 or email sales at uniquesports.com to join the Turn a Tennis team. But with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Turner, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.